0: All right, folks. On this episode, I've got Alex back from Smart Sites and we're gonna talk about the death of brand loyalty and what's taking its place. We're gonna talk about those pandemic trends. Um, we're gonna talk about the Amazon experience and how that's affected us. We're gonna talk about the problems with most auto websites that he sees and the importance of a frictionless website and how much time you have to actually do that. Uh, we're, you know, And then also we're gonna talk about how they're doubling in size every 18 months for an agency. That's an amazing thing for a service business. Uh, but Alex, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me again and uh thank you all for watching of course this is brought to you by videocastory.com one of the best ways to make sure people have a great experience is showing them experience of your customers go to videocastory.com to learn how to collect craft and deliver amazing customer videos and alex's company i mean it's amazing smart sites is growing you've doubled since last time I talked to you that that's amazing I want to talk a little bit about that if you don't mind and and how you're growing your agency because that that is amazing but let's talk a little bit about brand loyalty um because I think we were talking before the podcast and brand loyalty as you said was at a low I want to talk about why that is and a little bit about how because I always see like we were also talking there's a recession coming I, everyone's like, oh, no. I'm like, oh, yes. There's always a way to take advantage of, of stuff. Um, and there's always opportunity, especially when people think there's not. So brand loyalty going down. Why is that happening?
1: Yeah. So we've seen it across every industry. Um, specifically, I, I do a lot of work in auto. So I see it there. But it's it's affected every industry. And there's two two sides of it. I guess two two ways to present it. Right? On one side, and this is a big stat uh, from a Google survey they, they did that I think was... Over a hundred thousand consumers. It was a very, very big study they did. Seventy-five uh, percent of consumers tried different stores, websites, and brands during the pandemic. Uh, so that was by high, the, by by far the the highest on that metric they've ever measured. And that that's that's the one side of it, right? Consumers are trying many more brands, many more things, uh, experimenting with with new brand styles, things like that. The other side of it, for them to be doing that, right? They're they're shopping less at the places they used to shop, and they're shopping less. Consistently, like the, before, people would shop at Gap. Would always go buy at Gap. Everything they they would buy a bit at Gap. Now they're considering all these other retailers. So, uh, the flip side of that is brand loyalty is down uh, a lot. And uh, it's interesting. Every industry has their own micro trends, but in aggregate, it's it's down for every single industry. In in auto, a lot of it has been inventory related. But uh, more so, I think the pandemic just taught people to look into different things, consider different things. So it's not your typical, someone goes to a Toyota dealership and they have no Toyotas, they just have no inventory, so they'll go to Honda, right? That was the typical, like, the, the, the cross-shopping cars, right? Now, all of a sudden, someone goes to a, t- a Toyota dealership, there's no cars, uh, they're like, you know what, there's a Chevy dealership down the street, I'll check out a Chevy truck. Like, really, like, cars that are not usually cross-shopped, um, I think... Yeah, I I think mindsets have changed and all these inventory issues that are affecting, I think, every industry at this point are driving that as well.
0: Yeah. Do you think, well, not death of TV, but TV's definitely changed. So we're not all seeing the same commercials over and over. again. Do you think that type of advertising has affected brand loyalty?
1: I, I think that's part of it I think uh, advertisers have gone uh, gotten a lot more creative in uh, attracting eyeballs and influencing eyeballs right I, I think the macro trend is advertising has become a lot more personalized where like you said before everyone would watch TV and get the same commercial now everyone goes online and gets completely different ad based on their behavior what they looked at what they're in market for. That for sure gives uh, companies a bigger chance to influence and gain new customers, right? Before let's talk about like something something very general, like clothing brands, right? Before you would have a clothing brand do a commercial on TV, how many? people is it relevant for that are interested in that style right or like i don't they're advertising female clothes and i'm a male watching the 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 tv show and the commercials for female clothes like it's uh, am i gonna go and look up that brand no but online where everything could be very personalized where they know i'm in market for sneakers right now and they show me a brand new brand for sneakers i'll check it out right and i think with a pandemic people have become more likely to check it out uh, there's a lot of underlying trends like support small businesses, support new businesses, right? So people are much more open-minded to, to check out new things, new brands, new small businesses, right? The small business push has been really hard uh, during the pandemic since those businesses got hit the hardest.
0: Yeah, and I agree. And so, yeah, you see these quote-unquote small businesses. Some of them are just small businesses that are Actually owned by big businesses, but look like small businesses. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it, I mean, it is—it's a way to you know get it out there. So now there's this opportunity for small business. You know, the, I think that brand—the lack of brand loyalty—is obviously allowed. You know, challengers into yeah. places like shoes and places like, you know, even automotive. You know, we're seeing even these electric car brands just pop up left and right. How? What do you think are the keys to capturing that? To capturing those people that don't, uh, you know, aren't aren't going to go with the brand.
1: Yeah, I think it's all about very strong and succinct uh, marketing advertising strategy, right? And it's not about, um, I don't know, creating the next Nike. If we're talking about shoes, it's uh, it's figuring out what what segment of the consumers uh, you resonate with and being really on the ball with targeting those people with the correct messaging. And that's, that's what's happening. That's what, what successful businesses are doing. Um, I think just a couple of hours ago, Revlon filed for bankruptcy, right? They make they make makeup. They they've very successful company, uh, billions of dollars market cap, filed for bankruptcy. Uh, and if you read through all their notes of uh, why they're seeking bankruptcy, is because uh, literally they said small uh, small businesses have been chipping away at their at their business from every single direction. Uh, you have influencers who are now coming up with their own makeup brands, and literally uh, small. It's not. It's not. It's not like one competitor that came in and put Revlon out of business, right? It's all these small businesses that chipped away from every direction, and Revlon was just not quick enough to to adapt. Uh, so I, I think it's exactly exactly what's happening in every industry, and there's a lot of companies who are doing it successfully, and those that are not doing it successfully are going to be the ones that go out of business. Unfortunately, you have to be very agile, very very on on point with with your marketing I, i think these days especially for a small business for a new brand your marketing strategy will make or break it for you and it's very easy to just turn on google ads right and spend tons right you could spend 100 grand you could spend 200 grand um without without getting a result it's not um I don't know, like 10, 15 years ago in the internet space, everything was so cheap. Like on Google, you were paying five, 10 cents a click. <laughs> you could get away with just turning on a campaign and just like like targeting everyone and you'd still be okay, right? But yeah. at this point, um, you you really have to, you have to be really good at, at, at your
0: marketing. Yeah, oh, I agree. And we were talking about before the show because I, I think that one of the big things, I know you all do CRO with, you know, conversion rate optimization and, I think so few people, so few businesses with outside of like the, the best digital marketers really think about that customer experience, like from start to finish, really drill that down. And how important have you seen, how important is that, you know, especially on, if someone gets on the website and they're like, well, they can see my pictures. They see the description, but we we're talking about like one click, checkout, those things. How important is that to your advertising strategy?
1: For and I'm sure a lot of people have heard this very often for the last couple of years, but Amazon really changes the change the game, right? Everyone now expects the Amazon experience, which is uh, completely frictionless, and it's not just the experience on your website; it's uh, getting to the website too, right? If if you get some kind of marketing ad that says, I don't know, we're having this kind of offer or something like that, it should promote something, first of all, it shouldn't be running generic ads. But you see an ad that promotes an offer, you click on it and you land on someone's homepage and it doesn't mention that offer at all, you're gonna lose that consumer, right? So the entire journey has to be frictionless, has to be consistent the messaging has to be consistent, the colors have to be consistent, the offer, everything has to be frictionless, consistent, and it has to be a very smooth experience. It, we're, we're past the point where you could have a, an eight-page checkout process, right? And some industries haven't really caught up with that. Uh, again, I, I do a lot in auto, so... Let's talk about auto really quick. If you go to an auto website, and not, I'm not saying cargurus or cars.com or any of those, like a dealership, your local dealership website. And uh, let's say you want to trade in a car. So go to their website, pull up, then try, first of all try to find, trade in my car, or again, offer for my car. First you have to find that, right? Uh, but then in most cases it's gotta be a ten step process, right? How many consumers are doing a ten step process, especially on their mobile device, right? And when you have to fill in your entire like life history. It just doesn't work that way anymore. So it's uh some industries are slower to, to come to all of this than others, but everyone's gonna need to be there. If you're if you if you make anything difficult for your consumer, they will close out much more so than ever before. Uh I think patience for people are, are uh, not even patient attention span is probably the lowest I've, I've ever seen
0: oh yeah it is by far the lowest by far I mean well and because we can we can be constantly entertained constantly click on something get exactly what we want and and you have to think about that no matter what industry you're in you, you gotta think about that I was just on an attorney's website today one of our clients and I'm like hey did you notice that your chat is like 12 steps and I'm like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I th- they're like, well, we haven't been getting any chats. I'm like, well, there's twelve steps here, and people don't want that. They want help right now. Um, so
1: with attorneys, it gets interesting too. Attorneys, one of those uh, industries that not only has it to be uh, has to be very simple, like any other industry, right? Uh, but people expect expect a very quick response. So not only does your contact form, chat, whatever it is, have to be really, really easy to to do but if you're not responding to those leads and let's say let's leave chat alone let's say even email leads or a phone call lead right if you're not calling people back or, or responding to people in an hour you're going to lose that lead and that's that's something that hasn't happened in the past, right? Ten years ago when you submit a lead on a website, you didn't expect an instant response. You expect that response like the day after or that that was all fine. These days you expect an instant response. If you don't, you'll move on to the next company very quickly. And I don't think I don't think even
0: an hour is, is quick enough anymore. No. No. We want like we want instant instant response and we want that from everyone we talk to so we can make our decision. Um and you know when you're seeing that, what are the biggest mistakes that you're seeing right now that are continuing to happen on websites, and, You know, attorneys everywhere that you're just like, oh man, that really drives you nuts when you see it?
1: Yeah, I think uh, like you said, the multi-step processes and I could see why attorneys and medical would maybe want to have the extra information but you just got to simplify it for the consumer, right? Let's say you really need that that additional information, you make it a two-step form, but after they fill in their first name, last name, and email, or if you want a phone number, let's say first name, last name, phone number, you already lead capture and you call them back right away, right? So if they press next and they don't want to fill out the all the details of the case that they need help with, you still follow up with them. So it's it's you can't have you can't expect consumers to to spend ten minutes filling out your forms or waiting. Like I've seen a lot of websites because live chat is very popular now in, in every industry, but I see a lot of these websites are like, let's implement live chat. And I'm like, who are you going to have manning this live chat? And they're like, oh, so-and-so that does these 10 other things, they'll man it. So you go <laughs> to this live chat, like no one responds, right? And then like three hours later, someone responds. Like that's not gonna work. Three hours later in, in the legal field, you lost that lead, right? And what's, what's the, it depends which legal field you're in, but a lifetime value in, in a lot of these uh, legal professions is like $100,000, right? It's, it's crazy how much you could lose and how you could really hurt your business by, by not being, not being there for your consumer in a way that they expect.
0: In a way that they expect and and that's i think that's yeah you know it's like well they shouldn't expect me to to respond right away i'm an attorney i'm like but that's what they expect that is what because that's so expect, what we get and,
1: and that changed that that really changed that really changed like three four years ago it, it, people did not expect everything to be instant and and in a way they do now right now in every industry like right even uh, i was talking about submitting a form to get a quote for your car to trade in your car right every dealership right now wants to purchase your car in the uh, inventory levels are near zero everyone wants a car you go fill in a, a form on a website I don't think they're going to get most of them are not going to get back to you really quick. But as a consumer, you fill it in and you expect it to either be instant or like within 10 minutes. If someone like gives you the, the quote for your car, like the next day or the day after, I assure you that person already went to somewhere else. And whoever gave them the instant response, that's who they're going to go with.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you want to do it and you want to do it now. I mean, yeah, I I, I bought when I bought my boat like i was like i want to go buy a boat and it was amazing so i was like hey i want to come buy a boat and they're like well you can come and in like a couple days i'm like nope i called the other person and i'm like <laughs> i'm like hey i want to come buy a boat and they're like okay i'm like here's my credit card number I'm like okay and i went and got a boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, that's what you expect that's, it's, it's that's crazy it.
1: and, and uh, yeah 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 it's uh, there's some industries where it's not as crazy as, as others but in general consumers want frictionless experiences on every device right you go to a website on your cell phone and on your computer you want the same experience you don't want one to be a completely different experience than the other they expect messaging to match everywhere if you're offering something in your marketing campaign you should offer it on your website um, they expect instant responses from email text uh, I don't know it's Um, it's funny during the pandemic dealerships were hurt a lot so i I did a lot of uh, speaking and coaching for dealerships on how to adapt and how to stay in business right because no one was buying cars during the pandemic um and and a lot of it was to be present for the consumer uh in every way that they expect you to be and every way they want you to be so that means uh some consumers uh, will only want to do digital right so they'll only want to talk to you via email and on your live chat some will still want to come in despite COVID right yeah Um, some will want to text so now you have to have salespeople who are willing to text back and forth with them because if you're not willing to you might lose that lead so you really have to be very flexible and and communicate with the consumer any way that they want to communicate not be like oh I'm not our salespeople are not going to be texting with consumers if they want to they want to come in, and that's the way the auto industry was before by yeah. the way, if you want to buy a car you have to come in person yeah it was no one uh, two years ago no one would give you a lease or finance quote over text email or even phone <laughs> they would be like come in and we'll close the deal in person how quickly that changed right oh yeah or it's- or changed for for a lot of dealerships the ones that didn't want to have business
0: yeah because they had to i mean i because that's how i I bought my truck i was literally driving down the street i found like Mm -hmm. my wife was driving i wasn't driving and uh i am looking i'm like oh that's the truck i want like i'm like i want to buy this and i'm like okay have everything ready and i'm like i send it because that's i don't want to go spend four hours at a car dealership i don't need to anymore Mm -hmm. like i test drove it and and there it is and you know and so i guess I, i you know Branding has overcome or experience has overcome branding then is what you're saying.
1: Much more so than before. And it's very easy for a brand to lose a customer for life. One bad experience and you will lose that customer for life. And that's very dangerous. It's it's very scary for brands who usually focus, especially bigger brands, they focus more on uh, new client acquisition than client retention um so it's 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 a it's a scary time but the flip side it gives uh it gives opportunities for new brands and that's again why Revlon declared bankruptcy today because that them them being the way they were created so many opportunities for everyone else that everyone ate away at their market share and it's wasn't anyone that came out with anything innovative or different or any big competitor it's literally they 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 weren't doing well enough uh to maintain their 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 clients and grow and it, they they created the opportunity for everyone else to chip away at their market share
0: yep yeah and and before they knew it they were spending tons of, i'm sure they're spending tons of money on advertising till the last second on just blanket advertising
1: i'm sure they they still are even even in um uh, in bankruptcy now Nin, 90 year old company been around for 90 years i think they've never declared bankruptcy before even through COVID and all the, all the other challenges, obviously, in, in the in the last uh, 90 years, uh, they racked on tons of debt to keep spending on client acquisition, marketing, branding, all of that, um, wound up with, I think they have $4 billion in debt, which they thought they'd be okay with, but now that interest rates are going up, their uh, their debt payments uh, pretty much doubled, and they're... It wasn't. It, it literally went. When, when did they raise interest rates? A day ago, two days ago. It took twenty four hours for them to declare bankruptcy. Four billion in debt.
0: Four billion in debt. Dang. Ouch. <laughs> well, let's talk about the flip side. You're growing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing story. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, doubling, you know, doubled in size since last time we talked. You know, I that that makes my heart flutter a little bit because i know what it's like to run an agency um yeah. and and you know and obviously you did it through covid you're talking about you had a big space and you had to get everyone what have you how what's what's keeping you going how do you grow that fast as an agency how are you doing? Yeah,
1: yeah. Good, good question. So we're not on the, like, uh, if you go to tech space, like you go to Silicon Valley, we're not growing at those multiples where there's businesses that are like 10X every month, right? Um, we, we, uh, we double in size every 18 months, which is, I think, a fast pace, but it's it's manageable. Um, but the, the idea is that it's, um, you got any industry you're in, I think you, you, you have to keep growing and keep pushing the envelope. I, I think if you stay the status quo, Eventually, you'll be replaced. Uh, I, I think that's what it is. Uh, but there's tons of challenges, right? It's uh, uh, And as you continue to grow, there's more challenges. And I don't know, last we spoke, we were at 150 employees. Right now, we're, we're I think, 296. We're almost at 300. Um, different challenges at different uh, at different sizes, right? But, um, the challenges I had six years ago, managing 50 people, that I would talk to all of them and knew all of them. Are a little bit different than when you have three hundred people, but uh, I think uh, I think uh, every industry. I think you gotta really keep pushing for to to better yourself, better the company, right? Um, And I think ultimately uh, growth is is a big part of that as well. I think even if you think about it, so the we don't make widgets, we don't make anything, right? Our, our services are our employees. So it's super important that our employees are happy and are trained and, um, happy employees provide and happy and trained employees provide good services for our clients. Uh, but ultimately if we're not growing, we're not offering opportunities for employees, right? If everyone is at a certain level in the company, right? If we're, if we stay the status quo, I can't promote people. I can't give them new opportunities, right? Because we're, <laughs> If I move someone else up, I create a hole in in the the level under, right? So in growth mode, we're we're able to facilitate career advancements. We're, We're able to move people around. Uh, let's say you came in as a, as a PPC analyst uh, you worked at for a couple of years and you really don't want to do the operation stuff. You want to manage people now. Well, here's the opportunity to do it. Or you want to specialize in e-commerce. Perfect. We, we're going to build out a new e-commerce team. You could head that up. So I, I think it's super, super important to uh, obviously keep growing and create opportunities for, for employees to have their career growth with your company as opposed to work for your company and then leave and have their career growth somewhere else.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It is interesting, yeah, because I mean, talent, especially in this field, talent acquisition is weird because it's not like, there's no one that has a great, you you can go to law school and pick up lawyers, but you cannot go to, there's not a great, great digital marketing school out there that you can go, Oh, they want to add this great digital marketing degree because it's almost it's almost impossible i think to have a great digital marketing degree because it cha- changes so <sighs> yeah outcomes.
1: and hiring has been tough so digital digital has been so much in demand that it's very hard to hire uh people now just because of the every every uh company needs digital talent now uh, even if they don't do their marketing internally they need some kind of digital talent i don't even uh, restaurants right restaurants traditionally industry that was like you know what we don't need websites we'll we're good we'll, we'll be on uh on google my business and yelp or we're good now they they need to be creating social media content and posting things and being flexible with, with covid restrictions and communicating that to customers and being able to do email marketing send their current customers coupons to come back and we're doing this drive to support local businesses please help help us all of a sudden you need multiple digital people. So um, I I think, um, yeah, hiring, hiring has been a challenge in every industry, but digital specifically has been a little tougher. I think now things are going to are starting to flip a little bit as, as very quickly, we went from like the the great resignation to now there, I, I think in the last in the last two weeks, almost every tech company has announced layoffs or hiring freezes. So I think it's going to flip the other way a, a little bit. But uh, in the last uh, year or two, uh, hiring is uh, hiring the right people has been very difficult.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you have to balance hiring with you know and demand. And you all, I mean, to grow that big and do digital marketing at that level, you've got a lot of people nipping at your heels. Like we were talking about with Revlon, how are you staying? Dominant in a market and and growing yourselves in a market that stands out when you've got no barrier to entry for for a lot of your competition. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, for sure. There, there's no there's no barrier to entries. We we make websites for I don't know, WordPress websites. We make, if we make for ten grand, we compete against everyone from enterprise companies that charge hundred grand to. Uh, your cousin's daughter, who's in high school, and can make a WordPress <laughs> website for free, right? Yeah. that's that's a range of competition. So, so, so for sure, and uh, similar with every line of our business: uh, SEO, pay per click, social media. Right? Everyone now knows, like, oh, well, my cousin's brother is does this Facebook stuff really well. So <laughs> For sure, it's uh, the, the 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 we compete a lot of times with uh, people who would do it for free, right? Which is which is not easy to compete with. Um, but it's, uh, I, I think it's a focus on customer service and, and employees and um, our reputation. Um, if you search smart sites or smart site reviews, we have all five-star reviews, uh, I think more so than any other agency. And um, that doesn't come easily, as anyone in any business knows, Uh, people are very, very quick to leave reviews of bad experiences and very slow to leave reviews of good experiences. So, uh, I I think that's really what sets us apart and what's helped us, um, helped us grow, but it's, it's certainly not easy. (laughs) It's very hard to provide a five-star experience for every single, uh, business for every single customer, for every single person,
0: but we, we do our best. (laughs) No, I mean, that's amazing that is amazing and and to get that level of reviews especially in digital marketing because the people's expectations of what digital marketing should be and what they should get for it are just blown out of the water by a lot of you know the people doing it for free or the quote-unquote gurus that are like i made one million dollars in one month with this simple website <laughs> you know uh that, expectations that's amazing
1: are, are expectations are crazy people also have a lot of bad experiences and it's uh Yeah, it's 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 a struggle. It's a struggle. It
0: it is. It is. And, you know, um, what what lead generation channels for you are working the best right now? Is it still PPC?
1: Yeah, so we do most PPC. I think that what we spend our our money on um, is is have. I don't know, 70%, let's say, PPC. Uh, we spend 300 grand a month, let's say 70% goes on PPC. But it's less and less value every year, which is not not surprising, right? And it, it's all about you want to make sure everything's measured and um you have all the data and attribution models and as long as you're getting on or it's fine but i know that every year so right now for every dollar i spend on ppc i know i'll get five dollars lifetime value right um a year ago it was 550 two years ago it was six dollars right it's it's uh, always everything not always but the PPC and anything digital marketing will continue to be more expensive because more and more money shifted from TV, from print, from radio, from traditional. So I, I know that to be true, and I know next year I'll get even less uh, return from it, right? But as long as you're getting a return, as long as it's measurable, um, it's, still, it's still very powerful. Uh, we do a lot of other things. We experiment with different advertising, but um, pay-per-click and and digital is still, still the place to be. It's still there's still uh, an arbitrage opportunity versus traditional media. Like if you think about traditional media, you have, you have print, right? Uh, so it's magazines, newspapers. Um, the way to measure that is the publications charge you based on how many uh, issues they produce. So that's why in New York City, you see stacks of newspapers on the street, right? That's the, Those are the eyeballs you paid for, those newspapers that are gonna there and then they're gonna get go out, right? Um, uh, on, and then you have billboards. So the cost for billboards in all metros have been the same over the last fifteen years, right? It's it's if you look at all the metrics, it's if anything it's gone up. But if you think about billboards, who who looks at billboards? Think about New York, like the metros, New York City, Boston, like the big cities. Um, it used to be people who would be in taxis. You would sit in a taxi and you would you would look at you would look at the billboards. Now you're in the Uber or Lyft or whatever it is. I I promise you, unless you're a tourist, you're not staring out the window at the billboards. You're probably on your cell phone. Um, well, at the same time, the cost has stayed the same. So, um, I think digital is still the place to be for advertising, just because of the, the the disconnects you see in the traditional media side. Not to say that you shouldn't be doing print or radio or whatever it is. There's still there's still opportunity there, but uh, it's it's uh, less trackable, and I, I think the value is not is not there. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I agree. Um, and you know, I think it's still a huge opportunity. I mean, it's just not the opportunity it was. But if you think about it, it's an investment, especially it looks like we're talking about having a recession coming. Hopefully people spend a little bit less on marketing for if you're spending money now, because then that's the opportunity to spend more. I always tell my clients when everyone else is freaking out. That's when you need to dump the money. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, hey, everyone, dump all your money in marketing. And the people that did doubled and tripled because it was like, I mean, we were back down to like 30 cent leads for a few months. It was great.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in auto, we had a lot of clients who stopped marketing altogether uh, twice. Once when COVID started and once when they ran out of inventory. And a couple of them went out of business because uh, let's say you're out of inventory. So you're like, oh, I have no cars to sell. Why should I be doing marketing? Um, But if you're not marketing yourself, people don't even know you exist, right? They're not they're not putting an order for your car when it arrives. And when someone is ready to buy the car, they've never heard of you. They're going to go to a dealership that they keep seeing about the last six months all over the Internet. Those are the guys I'm going to go to. So it's the, the people who the knee jerk reactions to cut everything. Um, usually get hurt the most, unfortunately. Obviously, marketing is the easiest thing to, to, to cut versus like payroll and like real estate. Like you own a big building, yeah, you can't like, oh, I'm not gonna pay for it, right? Marketing is very easy to cut, but it's it usually hurts like it, it might make sense to lower your marketing or rethink it, right? If you're, if you're advertising a specific car, if you're, you're advertising a Porsche 911, and right now, if you want to buy a new Porsche 911, I promise you, you will not get one this year because they're sold out into, into next year. Maybe you shouldn't market that car specifically, but, uh, you should rethink your strategy. But the knee jerk reaction of cutting all marketing, um, uh, I've never seen it work out positively for anyone.
0: No, no, it does not. And it does not. And especially when there's that opportunity because less people are. And that's the time, I mean, always the biggest businesses are built when the recession happens. During the recession,
1: so many yeah. new ideas, so many new businesses. Uh, I, I did I did a podcast a month or two ago where we literally just talked about all the new businesses that's, that uh, appeared during uh, during uh, COVID or, or businesses that exploded. Like you have like the, the Zooms of the world or even Instacart, right? Uh, Instacart was doing okay, but now, uh, <laughs> you have you have like uh, you have like like the older generation. You have 70, 80 year olds now. on their cell phone ordering groceries from their cell phone. That's crazy. That wouldn't have happened if the if the pandemic didn't happen, and if Instacart wasn't there promoting themselves at that at that at the correct time.
0: Yeah, no, it's crazy, but it's a huge opportunity, and it's a great opportunity. It's a great reason to call you. How does someone get? In, you know, what's it like to work with you? How do you? Who do you work with? Who is the best <laughs> client for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, good question. So uh, our, our bread and butter in terms of providing value, small, medium sized businesses, right? Once you're over, I would say 500 employees, you're more likely are going to have an internal marketing team. And um, although we can still provide value, it's, uh, the best value is usually, I don't know, five employees to, to a couple hundred is where we come in and we become your partner. We take over all the, we'll take over your website stuff, your marketing stuff, uh, SEO, pay-per-click, strategy, social media, take all of that off your plate. We've had very, very few cases where we don't provide tremendous value. It's always, because you should be doing those things and the people who are trying to do it themselves, uh, like a business owner trying to do SEO, pay-per-click, social media, managing their Mm -hmm. website, manage their hosting, never turns out well, right? Because you're taking time away from running your business. Um, if you hire a, per, a, a person to do it versus hiring an agency, you're going to hire one person and you're going to tell them, I want you to do SEO, pay-per-click, website development, coding, right? Uh, website hosting, social media, organic social media, that's also never going to work out well. Um, so it's, uh, I would I'd highly suggest for any small, medium-sized business to really find an agency to partner with because it's, that, that's the way we work. We become a partner to the company and we take as much off their plate as we can, while at the same time helping them scale and, and grow their business.
0: It's such good advice, such good advice, and, and it's getting, doing this stuff is more and more difficult, and you know, that's why I like yeah. you know, to work with a, at least a medium-sized agency, because you see stuff across different sites, yeah. right? You're not working with just one website, you're seeing trends, you're th- seeing things, and I'm sure you guys converse a lot about what's going on across all of the websites um, and all the campaigns. It's fantastic, and so uh, go to smartsites.com. Where's the best place? Where are you spending most of your time on social media? Oh, geez, um,
1: LinkedIn and Twitter have been the best for me. I'm I'm on all the platforms. If you go to alexmelon.com, a l e x m e l e n.com, I have all my social media at the bottom, but uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, I've I've at least for me has been has been the best. So definitely connect with me on any of the platforms, but you'll find me most often on those two.
0: Awesome. I think Twitter. It's still a great place to be. Uh,
1: yeah, you know what? I like Twitter. Twitter, as plus, plus or the minuses, but Twitter, I, I think of it kind of like a – it's like a megaphone, right? You're, you're there and you just shout out your message and whoever wants to listen to it listens to it, right? It's uh, – I, I mean I get as much – uh, interaction as LinkedIn but uh, a lot more people are there to hear what I'm saying and absorb it and I, I see the views on the post and everything and then yeah. uh, I, I think I have 130,000 followers or something like that so it's not necessarily like the, the best for interact although it depends I get interaction too but it's kind of like the you, you like shit that's how many people use it. like Elon Musk is in there he interacts a little bit but it's also like just shout out your message um, LinkedIn I found to be in the last couple of years almost like Facebook was in the beginning it's a it's a much better place than Facebook is especially for like business stuff right now and it's it's gotten it's gotten a lot better uh, yeah. in the last couple of years
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. I think it's still a big opportunity. I think, you know, it's one of those things that it was big and then it was killed by marketers. And now it's like it's back to where it was before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit better for sure. Nice. Yeah. So we'll put a link to all that in the show notes. But this has been fantastic. Perfect. Alex, thanks so much for joining us again on the Garlic Marketing Show. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for taking Alex and I our journey. Make sure to check out SmartSite. This has been Iron Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show.